something that happened in the past. God doesn't want you to live in the past. He wants you to live in the present with hope for the future. The past is past. We'll leave it there. The power of Christ can change all of our past, bless our past bondage into present blessing. And that's how powerful he is. He's able to take the painful, difficult, challenging aspects of our past and transform them under his grace into a blessing for our lives. I do want to welcome those who joined us by way of the internet. Thank you for being part of this sermon series. You should be able to download this listening guide that we're using right here at the worship center at Eastside Baptist Church in Auburndale. Hope you'll be able to follow along with us as we study God's Word together. The message today is about choosing to trust God. It's about trusting God even when my past, my circumstances, my surroundings look bleak. You want to move past your past, then the most important thing you can do is put your trust in God. Because it doesn't do you any good at all to move past your past if you're not trusting God in your present. All you'll do is repeat the patterns of the past. So this is about learning to trust God. It's about choosing to trust God right where you are and not allowing the past to control the present. There are times in all of our lives when pressures and difficulties, circumstances, disappointments, painful events begin to close in on us. There are times when things just don't add up. They just don't make sense. A single mom loses her much-needed job. She shakes her head and wonders. A faithful employee is laid off, loses his job after many years of faithful service. Man walks out on his family after 25 years. A child comes down with cancer. A financial setback drains our life savings. A car accident paralyzes a young adult. A friend discovers he has AIDS. None of that makes any sense. You can't add it up and make sense of it. So you can either allow your circumstances to dictate how you respond, or you can turn to God and say, I don't understand it, I don't even like it, but I choose to trust you. And if we're going to move past our past, then we really must learn to trust God. We don't want to rely on the past habits of worry, anger, panic, or depression. 
And too often, our response to our circumstances is habitual. Something bad happens to us and we automatically go down. We get depressed, we get anxious, we get worried, or we get angry. And we start taking it out on our friends and our family members. And it's a habit pattern. It is a habit pattern, a habit pattern that is influenced by our past. But if you are walking with Christ, then regardless of the circumstances, you do not have to fall back into the pattern of worry, anxiety, fear, panic, depression. You don't have to fall into that pattern. You can say, Lord Jesus, you have been in control this entire time. You are in control right now. You are good and holy, and I'm going to trust you. Even though I don't like the circumstance, I don't like what's going on, I don't even understand what's happening in my life, but I'm going to trust you because I know you're a God of love and compassion. You're a God of grace, and you have everything under control. Is that not true? And so I can break free from those habit patterns of the past and stop responding to my circumstances as if they were the God. Choosing to trust God means that I make a decision to put faith in the Lord even when I don't understand my circumstances. So how can I get past my past and learn to trust God? I googled uh, trusting God and uh, I have some images that I want to share with you. Uh, that came up. Anybody know what that is? What is it? It's a coin. On all of our coins, it says, in God we trust. If I find a penny, I pick it up. And what comes out of my mouth is, in God we trust. In God we trust. I wish it were true. In God we trust. It's a national motto. In God we trust. Seems to me that it's more like in politicians we trust, in government we trust, in welfare we trust, in handouts we trust, in we trust in whatever it just doesn't seem to be God anymore here's another image that came up when I googled trusting God why would I like this image of a child jumping into the arms of his father why do I like that image he is, what's he doing? He's trusting that the Father is going to catch him. And he leaps by faith into the arms of the Father. Some of you here this morning need to do just that. You need to leap by faith into the arms of the Father who loves you. Here's another end. This is the image of prayer 
And as we will learn this morning, prayer and trusting God go hand in hand. Um, when I have really difficult circumstances come at me, and maybe it's coming in waves, you know, sometimes it does, right? It just boom, boom, boom. It's, it just comes at you in waves. When that happens, I can either allow my emotions to go into panic mode or get angry about my circumstances or become depressed about my circumstances or fearful or whatever. Or I can make a choice. I can say, Father, I can immediately turn to my Father. I can say, Father, you saw this before it ever happened. You know exactly what's going on. You are fully in control. You saved me. You love me. You dwell in me. I am your child. I choose to trust you, not these circumstances. It'll make all the difference in your life if instead of panic, you pray. Prayer and trusting God go hand in hand. Okay, now, here's my favorite. Those could easily be my mom's hands on that Bible. This is a an older person's hands leaning on a Bible that is obviously well used. And let me say this. The message, if, if I could just wrap it up in a capsule this morning, it's this. Learning to trust God involves making a choice to do so. It involves prayer and it involves the Word of God. Because you don't know what to believe if you're not in the Bible. If you are not reading the Scriptures and letting God speak to you on a daily basis, you don't know what to believe, and so you'll believe anything. Which is why we have the electorate right, that we do right now. Because people will believe anything. Y'all do know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So those three things are involved in learning to trust God. And we want to, together, look at these three important ways to trust God. Will you open your Bibles to Psalm 56? This is a Psalm of David, and David is in a bad way. Psalm 56. Here's what David writes. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for they are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Hey, there's a good life verse for you. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Do you see the choice David made? He's surrounded by his enemies. He's surrounded by his enemies, yet he makes a choice to trust God. When you are surrounded by 
antagonistic circumstances that threaten to rob you of joy and peace, when you are surrounded by difficult circumstances, maybe this verse would help. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? This is just an acknowledgement that God is ultimately in control of everything that happens to you. And you rest in that. You say, God, you knew this was going to happen and you allowed it to happen and you have good plans for me, so help me to trust you even though I don't understand it. Verse 5, all day they twist my words. Anybody had your words twisted? Somebody takes what you said and twists it around and uses it for their own agenda? They did it to David too. All day they twist my words and their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps when they lie and wait for my life. Shall they escape by iniquity? In anger cast down the peoples, O God. You number my wanderings. That verse simply says this. God knows exactly where you are, my friend. He knows exactly where you are. Now listen to this. Put my tears into your mind. There's not a tear that rolls down your cheek that God doesn't know about it. He's watching everything that happens. And our, our scriptures tell us that God cares about everything. Those things that make tears roll down your your cheek. He cares about them. Are they not in your book? God makes record of all these things. Listen to this. When I cry out to you, remember, David's surrounded by his enemies. He could go grab his sword. But what's he doing? I choose to trust you, God, and I am praying. I'm crying out to you. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Friend, if you're a child of God, He is for you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to thrive. In God I will praise His word. In the Lord I will praise His word. In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows are made to you. Sorry. Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. It's a great passage of Scripture, and I hope you'll keep your Bible open as we look at it together. First of all, I want you to note that learning to trust God is a decision. You'll notice in verse 3 and 4 that David makes the decision, I will trust the Lord. 1 Samuel 21 gives us the context of this great passage. We know that David is being chased by Saul. Saul's the king and he's out to kill David. 
Saul was insanely jealous of David. He wanted to kill him. Tried on several occasions to do so. David had always treated Saul with honor and respect, but Saul wants to kill him. So David's running for his life. David runs to a Philistine city called Gath, and he's wanting to hide there. He gets captured by the Philistines. Despite the fact that David is a great warrior, there are times when he's afraid. Friend, there's times when all of us are afraid. Circumstances get out of control and you realize you are not in control. You realize things are happening that are totally out of your control. It can send some shock waves through you. Make you fearful. And even David, as a great warrior, was fearful. He was so afraid that he faked insanity. And he was captured by the Philistine. The Bible tells us that he made some spit, made it run down his beard, make him think he was foaming at the mouth and that he was crazy. So he faked insanity so they wouldn't mess with him. That sounds pretty desperate. you ever faked to avoid a situation? <clears throat> so David was afraid, so afraid that he went to desperate measures to get out of the situation. And all of that to show you that David is experiencing some of the same emotions that you and I experience. All of a sudden, in the midst of all this fear and confusion, this panic, this anxiety and depression that David's experiencing, he makes a decision to trust God. Repeatedly in the Psalms, we find David choosing to trust God. And regardless of how he feels, regardless of his emotions, regardless of his circumstances, he says, I'm going to trust God. I'm just not doing this anymore. Notice the choice that David makes in Psalm 16 and verse 8. Listen to what he says. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. To set the Lord before you, it means that you recognize his presence and his constant help. This is a choice that I make. I choose to believe that God is always present, that he's always ready to help. Is he always ready to help? Is he always present? So you can put your trust in him. Here's what the scripture says. This is in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. I know it's coming up here. Maybe behind my back. Ah, there you go. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So you can be counting on this fact, no matter what you're going through, God is present with you. And the next verse says, in Hebrews 13, 6, it says this. I'm just quoting. It's not going to come up. Here we go. So that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. There are five negatives that show up in this Greek language. Here's the way it would read. I will not ever leave you. No, never. I will not ever forsake you. No, never. Now, is there anybody here that can claim that promise today? Anybody? How about everybody? You can claim that promise for yourself. The presence of God, no matter what you're going through, you can claim it. God said it. So you can claim his presence with you, no matter what you're facing. David was surrounded by enemies. He was gripped by fear. All of a sudden, he makes a choice. He says, I will set the Lord before me. I choose to trust in God. I recognize his presence with me and his willingness to help me. I'm just going to trust in God. Learning to trust God, it's about a choice. Secondly, it's a matter of prayer. Chapter 56, verses 9 and 10, we notice that David cried out to the Lord. He not only made this decision to trust God, but he made a decision to cry out to God in prayer. John Newton wrote the hymn we were singing earlier, Amazing Grace. He watched cancer slowly and painfully kill his wife over a period of many months. And here's what he wrote. He says, I believe it was about two or three months before her death when I was walking up and down the room offering disjointed prayers from a heart torn with distress. And a thought suddenly struck me with unusual force. The thought was to this effect. The promises of God must be true. Surely the Lord will help me if I am willing to be helped. I instantly said aloud, Lord, I am helpless indeed in myself, but I hope I am willing without reserve that you should help me. That was John Newton's way of saying, God, I really need you right now. Would you help me? Now listen, if God has said to you and to me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If he said that to us, and we know that he's ready to help us, why would he not jump right in and help the child who says, God, I really need your help right now. Trusting God, you see, is a choice we make, and it's a matter of 
prayer. It's about asking the Father to step into your circumstances and really work out His plan for your life so that you don't panic and do something stupid. You know, we never make good decisions when we're angry, depressed, or fearful. We just don't make good decisions. And I know, I mean, the panic sets in and you feel like, i got to do something. Well, if you've got to do something, then cry out to God. Cry out to Him because He says, I'm present with you and I will help you. Trusting God is about making a choice to trust Him and crying out to Him in prayer. Trusting God doesn't mean we don't experience pain. It means we believe that God is at work through our pain for our ultimate good. It means that we go back to the scriptures and claim His promises. It means we take the experiences of our pain as a call to prayer so that God's will, His purposes, and His glory become preeminent in our thinking. We pour out our hearts to Him knowing that He hears our prayers and that He cares about what's going on. It means we come to the place where we can say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. Thirdly, learning to trust God means that I return to His Word. The whole idea of trusting God is based on the scriptural fact of his absolute trustworthiness. We must be firmly rooted in the scriptural truth of God's love, his wisdom, his sovereignty and power, if we are to trust him. Listen, you can't trust a God you don't know. And if you don't have a relationship with God, you have reason to panic. Everybody with me? If you have a relationship with God, you need to come to know Him, to know His ways, to know that He is trustworthy. And you do that by getting into the Word of God. If I were you, I would not pass up opportunities to study the Bible. If I were you, I would not pass up an opportunity to open the Scriptures and let the God of the universe speak to your heart. Let Him speak to your circumstances. Let Him say what He wants to say. Because very often, He creates the circumstances to get your attention. To say, hey, I want to say something to you. Are you listening? I really wish He wouldn't have to break your leg to get your attention. I really wish He wouldn't have to use a two-by-four. But unfortunately, most of us have thick heads, dull hearing, and stubborn wills. And so God has to orchestrate our circumstances. He knows exactly how to do that so that He gets our attention. And then He asks only this, Will you trust me? I am convinced that all of the Christian life is about learning to trust God. Walking with Him, trusting Him, learning His ways, 
learning that he really is in control of everything that takes place. And then trusting him to work out his plan. Even though you don't understand it, trusting him. Trust that he's at work. Trust that he's ready to help you. And you learn to do this by making a choice to trust him, by praying, crying out to him, and by getting into his word. You neglect prayer and you neglect the word of God, don't be surprised when circumstances pile up against you and all of a sudden you're in panic mode. Cultivating a relationship with God means that you do not neglect time alone with Him in His Word. There are scriptural promises. Listen to what God says in His Word. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care on Him, for He cares for you. Is that a promise? You, yes, it's a promise. That is, if you will turn to the Lord in prayer, if you will turn your concerns over to Him, you can know His presence and experience His help. These are promises in the Scriptures, but you don't know them if you're not in the Scriptures, if you're neglecting the Bible, if you're neglecting prayer, if you're neglecting worship, if you're neglecting fellowship, then these things become foreign to you. And you don't know where to turn when the circumstances come against you. When you're surrounded by your enemies, you have no place to turn because you haven't cultivated a relationship with the God of the universe. Psalm 55, 22. Listen to what God says. Cast your burden upon the Lord and He will sustain you. That's a promise. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Listen. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a promise you can claim. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're facing today, you can claim that promise. God said it. It's good to claim it. But if you don't know the Word of God, if you're not in the Scriptures, if you're not reading and letting God speak to you from His Word, you don't know these promises, and so you have no place to turn. You have no resources. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know who said that? The God of the universe. He's inviting you to talk to Him in prayer. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. But if you're not in the Scriptures, then you don't know these things. And when the circumstances come, and they will come, when the pain hits you, and it will hit you, when the enemy surrounds you, and he will surround you, if you don't know these things, then you're left out in the desert to fend for yourself. So learning to trust God is about making a decision. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I will not be afraid. I will trust in you. Learning to trust God is about prayer. Instead of getting on the phone and saying, Do you know what happened to me? Oh, this is terrible. Instead of getting on Facebook, Oh, this is awful. What has happened to me? Why don't you talk to the God who is in control? Amen. It's about a choice. It's about prayer. And it's about the Word. Friend, you have no idea what God would be willing to do in your life if you just get into His Word. He's got boatloads of blessings just waiting to dock at your shore. If you just get into the Word. The people I know that struggle the most with God are the ones who neglect the Scriptures. I have never yet found somebody who was daily in the Word of God, feeding on the Scriptures, letting Him speak to their lives, who wasn't also victorious in their walk. Get into the Scriptures! Don't neglect the Bible. That's where you learn to trust God. And you find out that He really is trustworthy. And you say, oh my goodness, if I'd known this, I would have trusted you a long time ago. You find out He really is trustworthy. You really can trust Him. He really is good. He really is all-powerful. He really is present with you. He really does love you. You find that out. You get into the Scriptures. Would you join me as we pray together?